What's up, Internet? You're tuning in episode 94 of the Flip Screen Games Podcast, a weekly video game podcast where two best buds from different nations come together to discuss the wide, wide world of video games. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my partner in VR-related crimes today, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, Steve. Big day. Yeah, crazy, crazy day. Summer Games Fest season is upon us. G3, as, as you like to affectionately call it, uh, is, is just <laughs> days away, right? Summer Games Fest kickoff live. We had the Sony presentation just about a week and a half ago. And today, we got uh, a special little presentation from the folks over at Apple, where they revealed their brand new virtual reality headset, the Apple Vision Pro. Steve, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, you know, I for one am um, over the moon about the price. Three and a half thousand dollars is just a bargain. But, that's yeah, you, that's good. That's good. You're good. So, all right. So here, oh, let me let me jump into our first question from the question block. This one comes uh, from Daniel eight one five seven on the Discord. He said, "How many are you buying?" Well, considering it has this thing built in called Optic ID, which seems which scans your retinas and seems to be. Like one device for one person in the same way that an iPhone is like one device for one person. I obviously need to buy one for every single person in my household. Oh, okay. So we can all sit around and just like look at each other and see each other in, in the in in, in the, the room, room that you're already in. Did you I don't know if you watched the like full presentation, but did you see how fucking creepy it is? It's got this OLED curved OLED screen on the outside and it does a reflection of your eyes. So you can see whoever's wearing it you can see their eyes that's as they're little, wearing the device. That is a little creepy, actually. <laughs> that's a little much for me. I didn't watch it's, the whole thing. So. It's like something from Black Mirror. Like, 100% like something from Black Mirror. It's bizarre. Oh, no, that's creepy. That's really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, this is how we make these less uh, dehumanizing. I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. I yeah, I mean, it's it, there's so, there's a lot of cool tech in here, so that's obviously why the price points are that, right? Obviously, but that's why. It's yeah, not it's not for it's clearly not for the masses, right? That price point. Um, I think the pro moniker insinuates there's going to be a non-pro version at some point, in the same way that we had the Quest Pro and obviously the normal Quest line, or like, or like the MacBook, right? Like there's the MacBook and there's yeah. the MacBook Pro, and the Pro is the more expensive version, it's higher end, it's, you know, a little bit more oriented towards like pr professionals and creatives and, you know, folks who are going to use it in a deeper way than maybe the average Mac user, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I guess, you know, the iPhones like that as well now, like they've got the iPhone and the iPhone Pro, and sure. that's kind of the, the route they seem to go with all their products. Uh, it's clearly not thought for everyone though at that price point, but they did have a they did have a, a like a fair amount to show with it. Like the hardware, like I said, is is really impressive. Like they've got these insane displays in there. That's like more. I mean, than it better be for you can buy a car for that much, money, dude. Are you kidding I, me? Yeah, I know. I loved the way they like they like tried to soften the blow of the price, and it was like you know with all of this amazing technology if you bought a new tv a surround sound system x y and z wouldn't even come close to the experience you'll get with it would with still the, cost the less than this stupid thing you need to strap to your face <laughs> i'm sorry like that is such a bad comparison that was the first thing i said in our discord when i saw the price because i didn't watch the entire presentation I, I watched um the 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 disney like the entertainment bit um and i unfortunately had to run before i could finish it up um i'm gonna go back and watch it later but yeah, the whole like 
oh yeah like you wouldn't get close to this experience it's like right but another person could enjoy it like yeah a, a home entertainment system is for everyone forget. yeah people always seem to forget that when they're talking about these devices like oh you can have this giant screen and this really immersive spatial audio and stuff and it's just like yeah, but you know, if I wanted to watch it with my partner, we'd have to spend seven thousand dollars to, to yeah, be able to watch what, a, a movie. Trading it back and forth and stuff, you yeah. know, it's like I don't know, <laughs> man. Like, like that's oh, you not... got to see this bit. This is great. Yeah, let's let me just take this headset off and then shove it on your face instead. And it's like, don't get me wrong. Like a lot of the stuff they're showing, I, I is cool. Like I, I can see, but it, but like just now, right? Like I'm watching this thing where this this man is supposedly walking over to his children playing, and he has this thing on and clicks record. Like, well, you're just walking around with it on your face. Come on, man. Like that's this feels like the opposite of like the Switch reveal trailer, right? Where it was like, oh yeah, but who's actually gonna play it like that? Who's going and playing it on rooftops or whatever? And it's like, I don't know about y'all. I use my Switch that way. I don't. I don't think I'm just walking around. Boop. Let me just record my my children playing while I look like a terrifying robot man. I know it's really weird. And like they've they've taken the battery pack off of the face. Like there's this. You gotta like wear it in your pocket, and it's like got a cable always dangling down, which is a really weird choice. And like they said, it was to kind of get that weight off of your face. But I feel like that's a really strange decision to just have to be wearing it around all day long. I just watched, and again, it's like, don't get me wrong. Some of this stuff looks looks really cool, but like, I just watched a woman, like she's like walking in from the kitchen with popcorn. And then she's, it's like, what, mm. so you're walking around with this thing on your face while there's like mo- a movie playing? Like, come on, you're not doing this. Like, no, like no one's using it this way. No, I mean, that's, that's their intention, right? Is that this is more of a mixed reality or AR thing rather than a VR thing, which is, I think, I think more like, do you remember the Microsoft HoloLens and like yeah. how that was going to be? Or and like obviously this, that it reminds me of the, um, I just mentioned this, I think in the discord the other day, but there's this pair of, of sunglasses effectively um, that does the same thing where like they're an AR VR mix thing and it projects a big screen on the wall and you can use it for gaming and it connects via Bluetooth or whatever. So like, Oh yeah, I've seen that. They like the unreal uh, glasses i've seen i've seen people on, on youtube talking about those and you can like plug your switch into them and stuff which uh, yeah which is a cool concept i mean in terms of in terms of gaming on this they said that it's going to support apple arcade and there's going to be 100 apple arcade titles from day one uh and it does support game controllers like xbox and playstation 5 but doesn't have proper kind of touch controllers like the uh, the questers and the uh valve index does uh, it's like all like meant proper to be done. like VR hand yeah. controllers that you're familiar with, which is interesting because that means you can't play like VR VR games on it, which again like makes this seem like not not really a proper competitor to Quest or or like it seems like it's it's more oriented around the casual user than being like this is a device for games and also you can do other stuff on it yeah it's very much seems like it's like the general purpose device right it's like a computer that you maybe play games on sometimes it's but, a wearable spatial computer Steve. that's correct that's that is correct said. yeah make sure make sure we we get all of that their, their sh- their lingo in there all those buzzwords yeah <laughs> start of an entirely new platform pete don't you know which i think yeah. also again makes me think that this isn't going to be the only device that they do probably have one one that's like cheaper i did really appreciate your call out in our notes of like this shit looks like 
<laughs> like the movie her and i'm like oh it does look like that actually. it does like when the but did you remember did you see the bit with the movie and it's like this 3d movie and shit's coming out the screen and i was like there's a moment like that where he's in his living room and he's playing some like racing game and like the cars are like coming towards him out of the tv or mm-hmm. something right and he's talking to the device with his with his headphones in with his stupid little airpods that he talks to scarlett johansson with and he's playing this this racing game. And this thing, you communicate with touch gestures with your hands. There's no controllers. And you can put your hands wherever you want because it's got it's got 12 cameras on it and it'll just pick it up, apparently. Uh, and Do you think that'll um, be enough to replicate the controller support we're used to? No, I don't. But I think that then is like an interesting discussion of potentially new controller paradigms because there was a point with Disney where it showed the person's real arm, uh, like their actual arm, and then it shows like a bracelet being worn, like a, an AR bracelet being worn on your actual arm. So you could look at your arm and see a bracelet and potentially touch it and interact with that bracelet on your arm. And you could have like other gaming experiences in that way. Like I can imagine you just seeing like a lightsaber in your hand. And you're just like moving like a lightsaber because there was a point yeah. where you're like in a, a racer in, in Star Wars, I think it was. And there was like a like Yoda was on a screen in front of you. I'm like increasingly of the opinion. I don't think games like that will ever actually be good. The more I think about it, like the, I feel like the closer the technology gets to making it feel like you're actually in a space, the more the limitations of VR become uncomfortable. Because that's like, I don't know about you, right? But like I can I think. I can count the number of games I've played in VR that are actually fun games, probably on one hand, like beat saber is a legit, that's just a fun video game, right? Like whether it was, if it was VR or not, right. If you handed me joy cons and said, just do this, right. It would be fun. Um, But that's the thing. We figured that out, right. We figured out that there were ways to have motion controls be fun with the Wii two decades ago. Yeah. That's different though, because it does require that, spatial awareness in beat saber that you can't get without it without like any kind of yeah. 3d like if you had a 3d tv or you plan on like a 3ds i guess you could replicate it because you need to be able to hit when it's at that plane where sure. your hands are right so you couldn't do that really on like a on a tv in the same way it would have to be in a different format i mean like, i get i guess like not VR and and um a guitar hero it's basically sure. a guitar hero right but so, but so fine, take that out. Say that that's one of the few examples. How many other like VR specific titles are there that, that are actually must play experiences mm-hmm. rather than like, okay, like this is a cool thing if you're interested in VR and you want to see how the tech's progressing or whatever. But I feel like so often when I play the games that are like supposed to be more immersive, like I have that moment where it's like, oh, this doesn't work the way I want it to. Or like, oh, like, I can't open this door. I can't open this drawer. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it's like, I'm not actually here. Like, it just keeps reminding me that this is a video game. And that. Yeah, I think that was one of the groundbreaking things with Half Life Alex, right? That you could interact with everything in the yeah. world and you could like pick up a grenade and throw it or you could like pick stuff up out of the bin and every object was interactive and you could touch it. And right. we do need to get to that point where. But even where that, that it's case. just like, is that going to be enough? Because the the experience you just described, like the lightsaber thing, that's a thing that I remember from the rev- the reveal of the Wii, being like, oh, 
that's that's all I want. I want a game where mm -hmm. it feels like I'm holding a lightsaber and I'm dueling. And, but like, is it going to actually feel like that? Or am I going to feel like I'm a dickhead in my living room with a thing on my face going like this? Yeah, but you know, people can see your eyes. So it's fine. You're it's better okay. now. Yeah, I yeah. just I just I just don't I don't know, man. Like, you know, you mentioned Disney and I've I've said before, I think Disney and, and like, you know, parks, right? Theme parks are where that is actually going to ever become interesting. Right. It is like more like the Mario Kart ride in Universal with the AR. And it's like you're on a physical track in a cart and then you have a device that mm -hmm. brings it to life. Like, I think that is going to be how you actually get those experiences. I don't think it is like, all right, cool. Now you don't have to hold anything. It's like, all right. So then I'm not going to feel like I'm holding anything. Right. Or like racing. Oh, like it feels like you're in a ship or in a pod. It's like, yeah, but there's no wind on my face. There's no movement of the vehicle like it's never going to feel immersive in the way that we want it to unless we start buying like 40 chairs and stuff for our homes which i just don't like this already costs 3500 dollars, and it's still not getting me any closer to actually feeling like i'm quote unquote there when it comes to games i think when it comes to some of the other stuff they showed where it's like you could watch a drive-in movie on a on one of the planets from star wars it's like Okay. Well, I thought like, the, neat, the I applications, guess, but... I thought the applications they had that Disney was showing for like ESPN and sport and feeling like you're at yeah. like the court side That's and awesome. you're watching like NBA is an experience that you can very rarely have, right? Not everyone can go and sit court side at an NBA match. Especially if you don't live in, in the United States, right? Like if, if mm -hmm. and there are a lot of international basketball fans, you know, um, or of any sport, right? Like there are a lot of folks that, um, that follow the NBA that don't live in America and the idea of like getting here and then spending shelling out for like courtside seats or something like that. Like that's a lot of money. You know, it's like, hell I live 40 minutes from where my team plays. I can't afford courtside seats, you know, <laughs> I, you know? Yeah. But I think being able to put a headset on the problem I've got though, is that can all be done on far cheaper hardware. Those experiences we've spoken right. about, the VR experiences, that can all be done on, on cheaper hardware. The AR stuff is where, at the moment, with the Quest 2, that's where it's lacking. There are very few AR experiences. The cameras on the Quest 2 are black and white. PlayStation VR 2 doesn't do AR in any way. It doesn't do any kind of mixed reality. The only kind of application you've got with that is you put the headset on and you're immersed in like an experience and it's like a full screen experience. I think the AR stuff could could open up some real interesting avenues for gaming. I think that's one route we've we've not really seen and not really explored is bringing things into into the room. Like we had it. Remember back when the 3DS launched with the AR cards and you could like scan yeah. it and like bring things into the room and how cool that was. I can imagine that like on my face and I'm seeing things like flying around and I've got spatial audio and the, I can like the hear thing it. The thing that they showed up with the board game, I think, is like that's the most interesting gaming application I can think of for VR is it's not like how do we make it this immersive experience where you're playing a 60 hour game with this thing on your face and more like, you know, Steve and I, I want, have I want D and D night with like yeah, friends on, on like, Wednesday. Yeah. Like you and I have been friends for years, right? We both like board games. It's not easy for us to play a board game together, right? Like it's like, do we want to hook up? You want to be on our PCs and you're, you know, you're playing a, it's just, it doesn't feel like natural. Whereas like, if I could have a situation where it's like, all right, everybody like we'll pop on our headsets. What are we playing today? We're playing Catan. Boop, boop, boop. Okay, cool. And I can go like this and throw it and just like emulate, mm -hmm. like, and have that. Oh, it actually feels like we're sitting in the same room. Cause I can see you and you can see me and 
you know, it looks like you're sitting across from me in my living room and it looks like I'm sitting across from you and yours. Like, that's interesting. That's a very interesting application. I could see that being valuable and being dynamic and being different, you know? Um, but again, so yeah, many when we of had, these things when we had are... Doc on the show, right? Yeah, 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 go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, when we had Doc on the show, he, he was talking about how uh, social VR was like a really big component. Right, uh, and, VR chat. And, and VR chat, and it remains to be seen whether Apple will allow that and if that will come to, to their platform, I can imagine they will. Like, why wouldn't they want that to come over? I'm sure they'll have um, their own alternative. If not, like if VR chat isn't the thing, there'll be like an Apple chat or something like that where you can use it. I I don't know. Like they've shown they showed support for like FaceTime and like you could call up in FaceTime, but that's nowhere near what VR VR chat is, right? People, no. it's kind of like Roblox in VR. People make games in there. People make rooms in there. Yeah, or it's like it's like Second Life. It's like PlayStation yeah. Home. Like it's it's less you know it's less a game than it is a virtual space for you to like spend time with people. Yeah, but, but I, you can I go in there and you can legitimately than... play games. Like people, sure, ma- I sure. was playing one where it was like, um, it was like Cluedo. You had to like figure out who in the, or I guess Among Us, like who in the group yeah. was like killing people. But like the, those to me feel like very different products, right? Like those two things are very different than Half-Life Alex, right? But then even yeah. among themselves, those two things are different things. Having a general social VR chat where I can pick any avatar I want and go interact with strangers is a way different experience than you and I are like feeling like we're sitting across from each other at a table, having a conversation. Maybe we're playing a game, maybe we're not whatever. Um, but those are, those are interesting applications, I think, you know, and those are ways where I could see, you know, them doing things that are new in the gaming space and, and not just trying to be like, we're going to be the biggest, baddest version of what's already come before, which is interesting because this feels like a gamble, for them in a big way of like i don't know that the market is ready for this device it's too expensive for sure um the idea that yeah, people are, are going to shell out this amount of money consumer. no yeah and i think it's it's use case is too limited for something that costs this much like i could see people getting a lot out of it right if you have one and you're like oh i'm gonna use it for this i'm gonna use it for that but it's like are you going to get $3,500 amount of use out of it i mean like that's a lot of money for that much money you could buy uh, a PlayStation 5, PSVR 2, an Xbox Series X, a Nintendo Switch, those goggle, the glasses I told you about that let you do the same fucking thing. And a TV to go with it. And, 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 and an OLED TV, no less. Yeah, with it. Yeah. And if you, if you skimped a little on the TV, you could buy a Steam Deck or a gaming PC as well. Like, oh yeah, you could definitely do a gaming PC for for thirty five hundred. I don't know, it's interesting. Thirty five hundred, think... you could build a a gaming PC that'll last you for like fifteen years. Are you kidding me? That'd be like cutting edge. <laughs> I think when it comes to Apple, it's always really interesting that they're like just on the cusp of being there for gaming and doing something really cool. Like they got there with Apple Arcade, and it was like we're gonna revolutionize mobile gaming again because it become an absolute like swamp of yeah bottom feeding ad ridden messes of of video games and and yet uh, you know uh, it's not great you just get these plus versions of the games which are just the same games but they've removed the ads and it's like okay cool but the promise was we're going to get unique interesting experiences that i can only kind of get on apple arcade and that hasn't really lived up to the hype 
the game controller support initially their game controller spec didn't even have like clickable sticks and it's just like come on like you get so you get so close all the time and then you never really take it over to the over the hurdle and like get over the finish line even with the the gaming on mac stuff right we had kojima come out today and he had a cameo bringing death stranding to the mac he said we're entering a, a new era of gaming on the mac and there's like an easy way to port games for developers now saying it's a new system called metal right is what it's It's, called yeah there's like the their like framework is metal there's like a new porting system that they can apparently it's going to take days instead of months or something that's cool and they've and they've added like a game mode to to mac os um where it'll like double the responsive rate of the controller like how much it pulls and like reduce some of the stuff in the background but even then we've got like like what 10 10 AAA games they showed and that was it and like steam still doesn't work on the mac all of these games are just coming to the mac app store so like if i already bought these games on steam i've got to buy them again it's just like can we get to a point where you're doing all this work for developers and you're not putting the onus on them because that's what valve did it's yeah. like we're releasing a new platform with with um steam os and with the steam deck and we're going to do all that work for you with proton so all you've got to do is make the same game you've always been making, upload it, and it'll work. Like Apple are expecting every single developer to go away and, and re-engineer their game for a very, very niche audience of people. Like Not many people are, are, are buying Macs to play video games. Exactly. And I think that's a huge problem is like, yeah, like, okay, there's Xbox controller support, there's PlayStation controller support, but I can't connect it to those consoles. Like, I'm not going to buy this $3,500 headset and then start rebuilding my games library i already own games on steam i already own games on playstation or xbox or nintendo i want to just play them and you know for the device costing this much i i don't think that that's a very compelling offer and and i've talked about i've mentioned it a few times now there's a pair of of ar vr glasses that you can do that hook up via bluetooth and they connect to any of your devices that you already own so if that's all you want out of it then like you could do that for a lot cheaper yeah, because that was one of the use cases they showed um, in the presentation was, oh, you can do it for entertainment and you can wear this on like an airplane and you can kind of be in your own little world and your own little bubble while you're, you're traveling. But yeah, the, those things already exist. But you definitely can do it with like a pair of glasses and that can kind of connect via HDMI or wirelessly, however they, however they work. And, and that's the thing. If this did play nice with other devices in the way that Apple products never seem to do, um, I might be more compelled i think the price point is still enough to scare me off but if i could use it in that way and it was like oh maybe while i'm traveling i bring my playstation with me and i hook hook this up as a display and like what what price point would be good for you like three and a half thousand is obviously way off the mark for the consumer and this is clearly a pro device it's got the pro name there was a huge focus on work and productivity in there and, a vet, and and obviously there was still a, a big section on entertainment with the Disney partnership showing off Star Wars, ESPN, bringing Disney World to the home, and like they showed like the castle and stuff on yeah. on the um, on the kitchen worktop and the fireworks display. But at what price point do you bite and you go, oh, you know what? Maybe that's it for me. And I know you're not in the Apple ecosystem, but if yeah. like say a device that was in an ecosystem you were a part of. Came or, or again, similar to this or or that i could use it in a way where it was yeah. cooperating because i think like ipad is a great example of like 
a lot of people own iPads that are not in the Apple ecosystem, right? We have two iPads in my house and I'm not an Apple person. I don't like Apple, generally speaking. Um, I don't like the OS. I, I feel like the hardware is overpriced, whatever, whatever. The iPad's the best tablet that's on the market. It just is. And it, it works fine with your Windows PC, right? You can use it the exact same way. No big deal. Maybe you're not getting certain advantages here or there, whatever, fine. If I could use it in this way, I, I might, you know, it, that might be enough to be like, yeah, whatever, right? Like if it's a good product, it's a good product. And I'll, I'm happy to give uh, Apple credit where credit is due when I think they deserve it. I think their PCs, forget it. I don't know why anybody uses a Mac. I really don't. I think it's a, it's a bad use of your money. Whereas iPhone, they invented the smartphone. They invented the tablet. Credit where credit's due on that stuff, right? The idea that they could come out and be the, the company to crack the consumer VR headset, I have a lot of faith in them if they're willing to stick in for the long haul, right? Um, but as you said, $3,500 is insane. That's an insane amount of money. And yeah, but do you remember that like first Apple Watch and there was the $10,000 yeah. version that was like gold? Mm -hmm. But I could easily see this being that, right? We We kind of figure out the waters we like see if people will buy for three and a half thousand dollars we see how many we can sell and then we can figure out how the hell we make this cheaper and more affordable, more affordable uh, yeah i mean maybe, man, i don't know though i'm looking at the original iphone right it costs 4.99 at long with a with a full contract like right and that's a device you use every single day i yeah. don't i don't think this is a device you use every day and maybe maybe it is and maybe that's the goal is to get vr to be this other skew but it's like i don't know dude it's like to me i think a vr headset in the way that they're advertising it feels very akin to what the ipad is and years ago i read this article in pc mag one of those kind of tech you know uh outlets where they were comparing the ipad to a microwave oven where it's like you don't need a microwave but it makes a lot of things more convenient right and it's like does it have enough of a use case to have a spot in your kitchen is the bigger question. Not do you need this? You need an oven, right? You need a refrigerator. You could get by without a microwave pretty easily. You could get by without. I a think, I oven. think you can get by without an oven. Now the air fryer is just changing people's and lives. Ma and maybe that'll be the case right in a, in a couple of years. Um, so like I look at this and it's like, what is my daily use case for this? Am I really going to spend hours of my day strapped into virtual reality rather than sitting on the couch and looking at the, the shared me, screen in my in my living room with my but that's wife the thing, or like, my you roommate could watch or the shared screen? But with this thing on, and I think for me, it's how comfortable that device is. If yeah. if it gets to a point where it's like putting my glasses on, yeah, and this and isn't it's that like. Though. And it's like, yeah, it's clearly not there yet. But if it gets to that point in like five, 10 years, like you look at that original iPhone and then look at what we've got in our pockets now and look at what's like on the cusp with like folding phones and stuff. Like yeah. it, I don't think it's out of the realm of reality that we get to a point where the device on your face is thin, it's light, it's like similar to a pair of glasses. You know, I, me and you both have terrible eyesight. We've got to wear glasses all day long anyway. Yeah. If I, if I can wear glasses all day long, but it also provides me information, it also allows me to access things without having to touch my phone and not having to pull things out. And I can just like see notifications coming in and like I can be more productive that way. Then why wouldn't I use it? And if I can experience new experiences 
and play new games that way. I just think, I think it makes sense. I think what you're talking about is so far away. And like, I think the other examples we, we just provided the iPhone, the iPad, the, the value of them was immediately understandable and they were a lot cheaper. So the idea that this thing that like, yeah, like there are use cases for it, but I, uh, so to take it back, it feels to your like question, science fiction, though, right? It does. It does. And that's the thing is, it, this is the first time I've looked at a VR product and been like, whoa, like this actually feels like a next step rather than this kind of janky like, oh, won't this be cool in a couple of years? But again, it's like at this price point. I mean, so I want to get some some stuff from the question block here. This comment comes from uh, the Tyler Olson over on the discord. He said to me, it's the best display of the use case for a headset so far. Use cases for an office setting pretty much eliminates the need for displays and the use cases for entertainment that Disney showed are insane, but it's still too early for me to fully want or adopt, especially at that price point in battery life. Definitely excited for the future of it, though. And I think that is the question is like, is there going to be enough of a, a market to support this thing while it is this weird experimental thing? enough for it to catch on maybe but i also think the price point here is so so prohibitive and even comparing it to apple watch any of these other products that come out at a high price point and then they get subsidized they become more affordable they become more uh mainstream how, how many iterations are we before it's at a price point that's reasonable because again right so let's, let's yeah. pull in for more people Olaf, i think i could see like an apple vision being like a thousand dollars like not the pro, but I could see nine ninety nine, and maybe you get that on a contract, or you like buy and that what on features finance are or missing something. I think it's just a slightly lower resolution display. Maybe it's got like fewer cameras in there. Like it doesn't have like lidar sensors or whatever. Yeah, but like, they... do you really need like? There was a point where they said, in in the space of a single iPhone pixel on the displays in this on the on this headset, there are sixty four pixels in that in that space. Do you really need a screen that high resolution if you're just using it on a casual and you're not wearing it all day long? I don't think you do. Maybe not. But then it, you get to a question pretty quickly of like, so how much of these these features that they're selling then don't work or don't work the way that they're supposed to? And then does that shake consumer confidence in the device? Because I saw the ad for the $3,500 one and then I bought the $1,000 one and it feels like it's cheap. It feels like it costs a third of what the other I think uh, Apple always seems to be the company that does a good job of that, right? Like the the pro version, the aspirational yeah. one, but the cheaper one still doesn't feel cheap. It still feels like a premium product. Mm -hmm. I, I buy the I buy the normal iPhone and I'm always happy with it. I never bought yeah. the pro one and I'm always okay with it. If it's still made of metal, it still feels good, but they make compromises in the right places. Like I could see them taking out the curved OLED screen on the outside so I can't see someone's eyes because that's creepy and I don't necessarily need that if all I'm doing is I'm using it for VR and I'm I'm kind of shutting myself out from the world. I could see in a work setting like Tyler's spoken about that that is yeah. more interesting and I would want to see my coworkers' eyes and, and be able to interact with them maybe while they're working on, on something. But I'm just sitting at home playing a game. You can Put it again, off. right? It's like, is an entire office going to buy these instead of just buying monitors? No, no, I don't think so. But I do think there are use cases where this does come into play. Like Microsoft demonstrated that there was a use case for like the HoloLens. Like they were using it at NASA when they yeah. were analyzing the Mars rover footage and they could just like, they had a room and they could just look at the footage that was coming back and be able to see it in such high detail. 
So I want to pull in this comment from Olaf who said, easy question, Apple Vision Pro, $350,000? The end. With the features I saw it comes with, it's truly a great device. However, I just can't get over that price, man. It looks great. However, they can't just physically market it as a headset for consumers as well uh, now with this price point. And of course, they got Disney along for the ride. They're the same company that lead people into debt for a Disney World vacation. And it's like, it is interesting to see some of those bigger brands, right? Like, like the NBA tie-in is really cool. Got to see my 76ers in the ad. Love that. Um, that stuff is cool. And I think that that will help uh, bring folks in to have those kind of like marquee experiences. And, you know, maybe that will be enough to evangelize for folks. But yeah, man, I mean, the idea that this thing needs to cost like $2,500 less before we think it, is like a viable entry point is that's tough yeah i mean i think they know it's niche even when they spoke about rollout it's coming to the us only next year with like more limited countries being added to the list later in 2024 before a, a more widespread rollout so i can't imagine they're making too many of these it's not like they do with iphones where they're like we sold 100 million of these things in like one second when we released the iPhone 70 or whatever. Like they can sell those things en masse. I don't think they're going to sell these anywhere near that scale. At least no. not to begin and with. They, and they must know that, right? Like the VR market has proven itself to be niche, let alone when this costs 10 times what a MetaQuest costs, right? Mm-hmm. Literally 10 times. Um, they have to know that this is for a small number of people. And I'm sure they're comfortable with that, right? Like that's that might be okay. You know, and, and maybe that's they see this as an investment of like this is, you know, like what Sony said when they got in with the PSVR one of like we look at this as the start of the next 10 years. Right. Like this is just the first iteration and we'll see where we go from here. Um, but I, I, I think there's a, co- a comment here from Stevie Yaki from the discord that I think. I think is is puts a good pin on on the, this price point question and then we can move on because we've been kind of harping on it. Um, Stevie said, it's got to be three grand better than the quest. All we do is play crazy golf and shit mental, but saying, uh, but saying that people in that ecosystem are used to paying the big bucks. And can you really see them letting you use it at work? I'd be on Netflix all the time doing fuck all. <laughs> I thought these were good comments. Cause I think, I think the, the work one is an interesting one where like everyone's so obsessed with like, we got to get back on the office. We got to you really think they're going to let you have a screen that someone can't look over your shoulder and see what the fuck you're working on. I don't see that happening either. I'm with you there, Stevie. But I think this, the first comment here uh, circles back to the thing I said about, I just don't see the future of VR games panning out the way that we thought it was going to all the way back in 2015. Right. When we started this journey. Um, almost 10 years ago now, which makes me feel... I think it must ancient. have been longer than that, right? When was the first Oculus developer kit released? Mm, I want to say it was 2014, 2015. I might be wrong. But I think all the Gen 1 consumer VR devices launched between 2014 and 2016, is my memory. Why are you yeah. looking that up? Development kit 1 came out in 2013. Okay, but that was not... That wasn't the proper release, right? That was the Kickstarter release before it had its its V1. Yeah, and then we went on yeah. to the Rift, which came out. Um, and actually, that was that was twenty twelve, I think. 
Really? Anyway, yeah. It's like over 10 years old, right? We're at yeah. this point. That we first right. saw VR as like this could be the 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 future. This the is next what we're, thing. We're kind of working. This is the towards. next skew. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It clearly isn't. And that doesn't mean it can't ever be. I think this, like I said, this is the first time I was like, oh, this actually looks like what the promise of it feels like, right? But it also costs that much, which makes sense. And the whole like all we do is play crazy golf and shit is, is where I'm at where, when we're talking about it from a gameplay perspective. Is that like the best VR games feel like shit that you would play at Dave and Buster's or something. Like it's this goofy arcade thing and it's like you have the experience and you move on. And there aren't a lot you know of what? games I'm okay that with get that. beyond that. I'm okay with that. For $3,500, you're okay with that? No, I'm not. For $3,500, absolutely not. But I spent... 250 on my quest too right. because it was when they were flooding the market with these cheap headsets yeah. and i love dance dance revolution as we know dancing stage Euro mix one of the best games of all time and and i can't get a proper dancing stage at my house because i don't have the room for it and beat saber fills that that hole for me and i have spent and i looked over 100 hours playing beat saber just so i am we could get you a vintage DDR machine for less than it would cost for you to get this thing in your house, I think. Yeah, and I'm more than happy to sell that as a Patreon <laughs> stretch goal so that I have a, a dance and stage Euro mix somewhere. You have to, you have to stream it, it every week, though, for using company yeah, we'd money have on to, this like, thing. I'd have, I'd have to like move the sofa, rearrange my office, and just get like a dance machine back there. But I would love it. That would be better. We'll work, work, work on that. I'd probably fall through the ceiling when I'm like stomping around on that thing, though. There was there was another comment here I liked from uh, from Snackago, one of our Patreon producers, who said probably isn't for gaming. But could you imagine playing Death Stranding in the expanded environment of the woods and the screen is just absolutely massive? That would be insane. I think there are things like that I could definitely see being really cool. It would be extremely cool to be like out in the middle of the woods and like playing a game up against like a star filled sky. Right. That would be awesome. And I think that's probably what Kojima was alluding to when he was he was on stage, right? Like he said that he was going to be. This, this is just the beginning when he was talking about bringing Death Stranding to the Mac, and that we're actively working to bring our future titles to Apple platforms. The fact that he said platforms, I think, insinuates he's probably going to bring it to the some stuff to the Apple Vision. And I can easily see him wanting to do an experience like that or doing something that's more cinematic that you. Kind of looking at, but then you're also kind of interacting with in some way, and like you know, using your hands in a way. Like if anyone could do it, like that kind of experience, I think Kojima's the kind of guy that would. He's always experimenting yeah. with new tech and new things. I mean, and even if the the quote unquote support is just making games actually playable on Mac, and then part of them being playable on Mac is that you can play them on um, on Vision. That would be neat. You know, I I could see that being a viable. Uh, path forward for them if they are able to bring in an, a generation of new gamers that will start building libraries on Apple rather than on Steam. Unless they bring support maybe for alternate storefronts and things like that, that would I think be a real game changer. We'll see. Yeah, I mean the rumor was that they were going to be forced to do that at some point by uh, by the EU and we thought that was going to be today, but it was it was not unfortunately. Not yet. So we're going to talk a little bit more about VR on the back half of the show, but uh, we're going to start winding down the vision conversation here. So anything else you want to say about the Apple vision here, Steve? No, I think it was exactly what I thought. Um, a very expensive thousand dollars more than you guessed, though. 
It I, was a thousand. You were like, this thing's gonna guessed. be so yeah. expensive. I was like, how, guess, guess for me, how much? You said twenty five hundred. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be pricey, but yeah, not three and a half grand pricey. My God, Jesus. Yeah, there's some weird uncanny valley stuff in there that was so dystopian to me. And I was just like, this is weird. The eye thing on the outside, but also the digital persona where you like take the vision off and you point it at your face and it scans your face and it turns you into like a 3D meta human thing. And like, that's what then that's what you then are interacting as with other people in VR very, yeah, and then very you, weird. you also definitely don't sign a contract where like they own the digital rights to your face then forever or something they like that. They actually made that very clear that you do not, and all of the stuff stays on the device. They were like, the, and even the eye tracking, that's like a, a separate layer that none of the apps or websites gain access to the eye tracking. Sure, yeah, so until somebody hacks it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone has hacked the secure enclave on ios yet but i could be i mean yeah wrong. yeah right i mean i don't know i'm just saying like people can hack your webcam and see what you're doing what happens when they can hack this fucking thing that's on your face you see your house and you're looking around with the 12 cameras and yeah, like, or oh, like i don't know they're, they're deep in vr at the moment let's go let's go ransack them they'll have no idea and if we make it sound like it's part of the spatial audio experience <laughs> they'll have no they'll clue. never be the wiser <laughs> well and again right there's also the like they they clearly expect that you're going to wear this thing on your face all the time so what happens if you happen to get some mail and then you open it while you have the thing on your face and then uh oh they scanned your social security number and that happens to be in the memory of the device now and then somebody hacks the server and then every image that they've ever scanned gets revealed oh yeah no look i'm i'm the guy that has uh has an um an echo i won't say the the word I've what I have a a home pod. Yeah. Uh, my phone's always listening to me oh, yeah. all day long, waiting for me to say say Siri or Google. Like I, I don't care. I really don't care. I've I've got nothing to hide. And <laughs> my if I was eyes more are the conscious, one line. Steve. I wouldn't. It's the one limit. It's the one thing that they don't have <laughs> access to. Is my being. But they've, got, they've got your fingerprint or your face or whatever you use to unlock your phone. Like yep. you know, it's only one step further. It's not that much. It's not that much further to have your eyes. I know. Uh, every day, every day we stray further from God, Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we'll get back into the VR conversation in a second here, but let me remind you that this episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of June. They are, of course, Arnold J. Rimmer, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Sobe, Snackago, Ty the Dude, and Wakahula. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash Flip Screen Games. You're all the realest of the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of our sister shows. Speaking of which... We're dropping some extra shows for you this week, gang. Summer Games Fest G3 is here. Steve and I are going to be doing at least two, three, three. Yeah. Three? Three. Two, isn't it? No, three, because we're going to do Be Forward as well. So at least three extra episodes. Oh, wait, that's next week. You Be Forward's next Monday. I just, for during the Summer Games Fest season, we're going to be doing extra episodes of this show for. Games Fest kickoff, the Xbox um, slash Starfield presentation, and the Ubi Forward. And, you know, if anything else catches our attention, maybe we'll we'll cover it here and there. But we're going to do live watch-alongs of all that content. You'll be able to come and watch it with us live on our YouTube channel. Maybe simulcast on Twitch. We'll figure that out. But definitely here on YouTube. Uh, and then 
after the show, we'll do a little pre-show. We'll live stream the events. And then after that, we'll record the, your episode proper. So if you're an audio listener, if you never go check out YouTube, maybe you want to come hang out with us live over there and go check that extra content out day of. It'll be a great time. There'll be a VOD up for you later on if you want to check it out. Uh, if you're an audio listener, of course, our regular episode style reactions where we break down all the news, we react to all the stuff that we are most excited about. You'll be able to catch that here on your audio feed um, like normal. So some extra content coming for you this week. Make sure you keep your eyes peeled and uh, your ears tuned here on Flip Screen Games. If you want to write in ahead of those shows or, you know, with your reactions to them as soon as they happen, because we're going to be recording right afterwards. Guess what? Bunch of ways you can do that. Head over to flipscreen.games. That's our website. You can go become a Patreon supporter. You can write into the show. You can find our sister shows. You can join the Discord. Keep the conversation rolling between episodes. However you choose to get involved, we thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast. Steve, keep, keep this VR chat rolling with me here because this past week, we got the reveal of the Quest 3. And, uh, we did. You and know, I get another point. You do get another point, Steve. Oh, my God. Predictions. Guess what, gang? It is, of course, like I said, it's G3 season. Predictions are happening. We, back on episode 73 of this podcast, we did our predictions for the year of our Lord 2023. And, of course, uh, Max also involved in that one. So the two of us and our good good friend and co-host, Mr. Max Wright, went and dropped all of our predictions. We each had 11 predictions for the year of 2023 and it's already heating up so far. I've got three points on the board. Max has two points on the board. Steve has two points on the board, but it's still anybody's game. We're going to be doing a check in on these the week after G3 summer games fest, because you got to imagine that some of these will either have come to pass or will definitely not have come to pass. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine if, uh, you be forward next week. They announce that they're liquidating the company, and that's the big announcement. Then Pete will get another point on the board. That's what and I, I need. think that would be a really big one. That's what yeah. I need. We're that's just shutting down. Yeah, that's the thing. We it's... had some other. No, no, no. Go Sorry. ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say we had some other Ubisoft news this week. They we did some VR shit at Meta's thing. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, the uh, Assassin's Creed thing. Yeah, the goofy Assassin's Creed game, which I can't decide if I'm interested in or not. I mean, that's how I feel every time they talk about a new Assassin's Creed. It's like, do I? I used that's to how like I this. feel about every every single Ubisoft project. I'm like, oh, okay. That is how but I feel NFTs, now. Are there NFTs in this one? Do I have to pay for like a pass in order to be able to play the game at a reasonable pace? Are there any other weird things involved in here that like Ubisoft seem to like doing? I'm gonna I'm gonna be. This is a a bit of a tangent, right? Because you know I'm happy to talk shit about Ubisoft front back and sideways if we need to uh far cry 6 was not a good game i think when people are like oh like they do the thing with assassin's creed and you got to pay to get through the game at a re i've never heard a single person that actually played those games complain about that system it's exclusively people like us that want to dunk on ubisoft and be like oh it's pay to win well it's that's not even by all accounts of any person that actually plays that video game i've not heard anyone complain about it no, maybe you're right, but I have played those games, and it is annoying that it's you. You are paying to play the game and and have it be faster. I just wish it was a mode where I can just be like, let me let me level up quicker. Like put on an easy mode that you level up quicker or something. Yeah, that's what that's one of those tough ones, right? Because it's like 
is this like would the game be developed differently if that system didn't exist and blah 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 or would it be more expensive like that was always their thing right it was that games are more expensive so we've got to figure out these microtransactions to also put so much content in them the right so it's like do you want the game to be content rich or you know it's like it's such a honestly i'd be fine if those games were like 20 hours shorter and that's the thing is like i agree with you but i know that there's weirdos that want to play that game for like 100 plus hours they want to get lost in it and just having things yeah which i know this is still a tangent but i think that's why the live service assassin's creed is going to work so well if you can have these smaller environments like hitman levels that are like i can they can just keep adding new ones that's the future i think of games as a service for when it comes to single player games is like stuff like hitman where it's like less a season pass or deal whatever and it's like how do we create a system that exists outside of the main game right or something like that right or how do you yeah like even adding new game modes like hitman freelancer was a slam dunk that's yeah. my game of the year game but it's of like the year if you don't want to engage with it as like a quote-unquote live game you don't have to right like there's content and you bought it and you play it and that's it like it's how do you how do you nail that anyway uh, we're going to talk about predictions in another two weeks, but Steve got a point for the MetaQuest 3 reveal, which is a good one. Uh, you know, happy to see the comp- the competition livening up this year, right? We're we're all we're neck and neck right now. I'm I'm still ahead, of course. You know, you're two time champion. I'm not going anywhere. The titular and Bessie Trophy not going across the pond this year, but happy to see some some fierce competition. I mean, we'll right see. Like, I, you know, I think it's still all to play for. We're only six months of the way through the year. Yeah, but it you could know, be gotta, the, gotta yeah, play the could rules. Easily have some reveals that can come yeah, in. And, you're right. And make I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and count you out. You're, you're, you're doing, you're doing a lot better this year. You hit me with that, that bungee one. I made fun of you hard. You were right. Marathon. That was a. You should have made that your risky <laughs> pick. Frankly, you called your shot on that one. That was a good one. <laughs> My thing is, you know, uh. I gotta, I gotta play the role I was born into here on this, on this podcast, Steve. Right? You are the baby face. You've made claim to that role. That means I have to be the heel. And you know, winners win, baby. So, oh, okay, right, yeah. So yeah, you know, you're the, you're the, you're the daddy of the podcast. I see. Exactly, I'm the big daddy. So you know, whenever you guys are ready to come, correct? Like, I'll, I'll happily mail it back. But I, I'm thinking, you know, we gotta, we're gonna. What do you got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more years on this bet. We'll see if that makes it over over here. That's getting burned down and put into a little vase, and it's going to be called the the Embassy Trophy Ashes. I mean, that's the thing. We're just going to be sending that back. If you do that, you're officially disqualified from the league. (laughs) You know, the commissioner, Mister Zaid Ida. I'm officially naming. He's the commish of this league now. Uh, He's going to have to disqualify you because that's unsportsmanlike conduct. You can't be doing that. I, d- I don't know about that. I think it's tradition. To burn the trophy? No. That shows no oh. respect to the game, Steve. Here's the thing. What? I think what you got to do is you got to establish a new competition here at Flip Screen, and you got to win it twice in a row, and then you can get the Radford trophy or the Radford belt or the Cumberbund or whatever you want to call it, you know? <laughs> the, the what? The Cumberbund? Because, you know, the, the belts that they wear in the WWE, they don't actually hold your pants up. They just go over the pants. That's technically oh. a Cumberbund, not a belt. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. There you go. It's a little piece of trivia for you. Yeah. They should, like, wear braces. Do, like, WWE braces. Because they're, like, way more fashionable and trendy these days. Go full hipster. Like, you don't know what braces are? Like, when you wear them over and, like, it holds your trousers up? You've never seen, like, a hipster oh, wearing those? 
Oh, we call them braces. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Every day there's a new like uh, Americanism that I learned. It's been it's a so while funny. since we had one of those though in the wild, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, because like I was I was thinking you were talking about um I was thinking you were talking about those like they're like uh, they're like bondage straps that are like very hot right now. Like you wear them on the chest, you know. And I was like, is that like a is that a traditional British garb that's coming back that I was unaware of? <laughs> no, no, not that. No braces. Braces, got it. So anyway, uh, VR is what we were supposed to be talking about in this segment. You and tell me about this quest situation. What's going on? All I've really seen of the quest three, if I'm honest with you, Steve, is the Stranger Things VR reveal. Oh, so there was two things that happened this week. So we had, initially, it was a hands-on piece uh, that Bloomberg did, Mark Gurman over at Bloomberg, talking about a look at the headset that could be Apple's biggest competition. And he he was the first person to have a hands-on with the the Quest 3, spoke about the fact that its big new feature is the pass-through, the full-color screen pass-through, that he went up hands-on with a prototype version of the headset, tried out the video pass-through mode, new software features and gaming capability, uh, far lighter and thinner than the existing Quest 2, better strap, better materials, all of those things. Um, And the the color screen's going to open up new new options, new things for for game developers that we had on the Quest Pro, but they've said they're not going to make another one of those, and that was like a a massive flop for them and they're coming back down to earth with the quest three now obviously there was this big furore about like oh we're gonna get like uh what is that i'm watching the stranger things trailer while you're explaining this it's It's so gross gross. as hell isn't it it's really nasty dude see this is a good idea for a vr game this is a good one oh god oh (laughs) wait no go back go back hold on everybody needs to see all right oh creepy all right, you keep going. Um, so, like the the we had this big like rumor mill spinning that Apple was going to finally reveal their headset. So, of course, on Friday, Meta was like, "F you, we're gonna we're gonna drop off. We're gonna cut in front of you. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do ours today, even though we're not gonna learn more about it until September, and it's not gonna come out till September. They messed up." Uh, they, because like obviously they couldn't have known like what the Apple headset was going to cost. They like they totally passed up their opportunity to have a PlayStation at the first E three moment where they just walk up and go four ninety nine, drop the mic, walk away. <laughs> 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 Who cares what the features are? It's three thousand dollars cheaper than the competition. Mm-hmm. But this one is is very much gaming centric, gaming front and foremost. It we've f- seemingly. They've forgotten about the metaverse. They've forgotten about all that bullshit. We're back to gaming focus, playing comfort, changing your gaming performance. I mean, they announced got... it right before the Quest Gaming Showcase and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, it definitely showed. I mean, they own a bunch of studios now. Like, they they are shifting back to video games, which is really nice to see because it feels like they kind of lost their way. They got sidetracked with the the metaverse and meta this that and the other, uh, and now we've got. A look at what looked like Demio in AR, which we've never seen before. It's only ever been a VR game where it's like the actual map on a table in your room, in your space, in full color, which is so cool. 
I am really looking forward to being able to try that out. And I just think it's 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 nice to see them coming back around to it. We've got the the new Touch Plus controllers, they're calling them, which are pretty much the same as the Quest 2's controllers, but it removes the tracking ring off the top. All of the tracking's kind of built in. They're much smaller. And when you compare that to like even PSVR 2's controllers, they're so much smaller. So it's going to be so much lighter to hold, nicer to hold. You don't have any kind of tracking ring that needs to be needs to be looked at. Uh, and it's a much smaller device. I'm I'm really impressed with with it, and I'm I'm looking forward to to reading more about it. I still use my Quest Two all the time, mainly to play Beat Saber. To be fair, but I still use it all the time. Could you see yourself upgrading? I think I could if there were any meaningful experiences that used the color pass through. Uh, I think at the moment they haven't they haven't demonstrated any of those because obviously they only announced the Quest Three last week. I think they announced it early to get ahead of Apple's thing, um, and we're not gonna we're not gonna learn more until um, September twenty seventh when they've got their Connect event, um, Oculus Connect. Um, and I think we'll we'll have to wait and see. I think uh, the price point seems to be there four ninety nine. Um, it's about I think it's fifty dollars more than the Quest Two at the moment. The Quest Two is going to stay in the lineup. It's going to I think get a bit of a price <laughs> that price drop. It's so it's so funny to me because I think if we hadn't just talked about apples, I would have been like, mm, it's a little expensive. I don't know recession. Do people have money for this stuff? And it's like, seems like a bargain now. I mean, it looks yeah, it looks great compared to what Apple's trying to sell you. Like, oh yeah, you can't you can't afford your mortgage. Whatever. I think this is going to be a big seller for them at Christmas in the same way that Quest 2 was that that year. uh, I think it was in 2020 when we were stuck in stuck in lockdown. People were looking for something to do and everyone was buying the Quest. I can I could see this if they have like a good lineup of of games being a big seller uh, because they've got the the bonus of it's fully wireless. It's got the color pass through. It's got AR. It's not tied to a dev- another device like PSVR 2 is. And they've got some killer apps on there. Like the Stranger Things VR game looks legitimately it cool. It does look cool, yeah. It, it looks like it's going to be really, really scary. And they've got a, they showcased a bunch of them. Um, they showcased this. They showcased a, a Ghostbusters game. There's Power Wash Simulator coming to VR. Uh, Arizona Sunshine 2, which is a follow-up to like a really popular game. Um, there's like tons of games. Yeah, we saw that at the PlayStation presentation a week and a half ago. They had Arizona Sunshine too. Oh, okay. Well, that, yeah, but I mean that's coming to to the Quest as well. So if you, yeah, not, if you not wanna... I don't I don't mean that as like a gotcha against mm-hmm. them. I just mean like if you watch that, you've seen this game. It's that like very cartoony, yeah. like pop art kind of style to it. Um, uh, but like I expect you to die. Three was announced. That's one. Of, I ex- the ex- I expect you to die. Series is some of my favorite games on uh, on the quest. and like a little mini escape rooms. So they had a they had a lot of stuff. It's well worth checking out the showcase if you're into into VR gaming. Um, they had a, a good bunch of games, and I would imagine that a lot of these games will come to to other platforms as well. But it's it's nice to see them and the focus shifting fully back to gaming and and seemingly forgetting about all of the other crap that Mark Zuckerberg... I mean, clearly people didn't respond to it, right? And it's like, I don't think that that means that they'll stay away from it forever, because like, again, Apple, I think, is showing how you market the non-gaming side of the consumer stuff in a way that's attractive to people. That's not like the metaverse. It's like, no, this is just... (laughs) It's a new way to experience the things you already experience, right? Like reading an article, like that kind of stuff is like, 
it's normal. It's normal stuff people do with tech, not like here you can be a weird 3D version of yourself for work calls. It's like, I don't know about all that. Um, and granted, they had a little bit of that stuff here, but like it was peppered throughout. So I, I think it makes sense to see them redouble down on games. That was like what made the Oculus, right? Was being a gaming device and they own all these studios. They've made all this investment into gaming. Um, this this could be their opportunity to really cement themselves as like, yeah, like we're the go-to device on PC. We're the go-to device, you know, for more traditional VR gaming if you're not going to do it on console. And I think they've kind of yeah. already proven that that's what they are, but doubling down and doing something that has a more fo core focus there um, is probably the right move. I I'm interested to see how how much it sells, you know, because I think you're right where... I could see it being a hot ticket item this this um this holiday season, but I don't know. Like I I wonder I really wonder if that increase in sales was artificial, right? If it was like, well, we're stuck inside, like I'm more interested in this type of thing um because I can't go out and because I don't have other options and it's like, you know, is somebody going to pick this over a PlayStation 5 or, you know, or, or a Steam Deck or one of these other... I think if you've got one of those, though, this is like, uh, well, the next thing. what am I going to get? No, yeah. Why don't I try this? Why don't I give it a go? But yeah, the one thing, right. one question I've got at the moment, which I think is is kind of looming over the VR space, we know that PSVR 2 is like, you know, seemingly not living up to, to their... Um, living up to their hype, right? Uh, even though they've said that the yeah, sales about... VR, I don't think it's really kind of lived up to play, like Sony's expectations. I want to know what Valve's got cooking. We did a whole episode over on the Steam Deck podcast about Deckard and like the the leaked stuff and the code bits that were found by data miners in the the uh, the VR experience on Steam. What is going on with Valve's thing? Because the index is old now. Kind of want to know what's next. The rumor is it's a standalone device that's going to compete with the Quest. Can I play Half-Life Alex on that? Is it a companion piece to the Steam Deck? There's all of these things. And I have so much faith in Valve now after the launch they had with the Steam Deck and after they've proven what they can do and what they're capable of as a team that I think the Deckard could really come and disrupt the VR gaming space. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, seeing them have a more dedicated hardware focus with the Steam Deck does, as you said, right? It inspires a level of confidence I didn't have when the device was initially rumored, you know, so that could be interesting. I don't know though, man. It's like you, you brought up PSVR too, right? And it, it outs, uh, it, according to PlayStation, um, it's about 8% higher adoption rate than the PSVR at the time. Um, but I also think that that's probably a spike and that it's going to Peter because there doesn't seem to be the same level of excitement around the device. But I guess like so much of this is interesting because it's like, I mean, what 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 is the tipping point for something like that? Is it a piece of killer software? Because like, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know that Half-Life Alex, you know, despite it being genre defining game and it like did that, that move the needle as much as they wanted it to. Like, I just it's interesting because like with companies like Valve, where you know, they kind of have one core business and the idea that they maybe want to experiment here or there or whatever, and like they're happy to take a risk on something that might not pan out, like makes more sense to me than like Sony or Apple or Meta, 
And like, how long are these companies willing to invest money and eat shit on these devices before they give up and they decide it's not worth it? Um, I don't know. Cause like, I do think there's future in, in VR tech, but I think it's really far away from being the mainstream consumer device that I think we thought it was going to be a decade ago. And this, like the stuff we saw that in these last two weeks, it feels like we're moving more in that direction as the quality gets higher and the price, you know, with the quest like stays the same. But with this, we do have this jump. We have this way more premium product. Do people want that though? Do enough people want that for it to be something that sticks around for five, 10 years that Apple keeps investing in it when, you know, they're making a killing on watches and iPads and phones and, the VR department is lagging behind and it doesn't make any money. And it's this weird pet project. Like, you know, we've seen, you know, to take it back to video games for a second, we've seen how many studios that are successful studios that launch games that sell well, that have backing from big publishers lay people off lately. Right. Like we've seen uh, companies like, yeah, Sony, I mean, that's, that's every company, right? Like exactly. all tech companies are laying people off. Right. That's exactly my point. And it's like, when does that oh this weird experimental thing that only serves a niche audience and it's too much money and it costs a lot to produce and it costs a lot to research and like where is this going right when does that become too much and i i don't know that the tipping point is that far away like this could be it right if this device comes out and flops and apple's like ah you know what vr market isn't there does that make people gun shy does that does that change things i don't know uh, it's it's all speculation at this point, but that, I would have said that about the Quest Pro. Like, you know, why? Why? But that uh... was a failure. They're yeah, not doing it. Another but one. Like Meta, Meta, still trying. They're like, you well, know, they that's, that's, They've spent so much going. money on it. They're in now. Yeah, you're right. But that you know, they were in before they did the the Quest Pro, and the, and I guess Apple is a little bit different. But they must have spent billions and billions and billions developing that thing absolutely and i can't imagine they're willing to just give it one shot and then forget about it it feels like they're in they'll be in it for the long term in the same way that the meta in it with quest for the long term yeah you know they 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 changed the name of their company to meta to like be about the metaverse to be about vr to well, focus again, all on they that. invested a ton they bought oculus and they've bought a ton of studios since then and it's like they could cut their losses and be like hey this ain't it but it's like i feel like at this point that's honestly that- i'm still so surprised they let beat saber be on any other platform like, like if i bought beat games i'd be like oh piss off man yeah, right this is this is exclusive you want to yeah, it's like if you want to play it, come and play it here because this is the best place to play it. We've got it. We own it. We're yeah. like, why are you putting it on PlayStation? Like, honestly, that is the weirdest business it's weird. decision. But I don't know, and I guess that's the that's the at this point the thirty five hundred dollar question. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I I don't know, I don't know what the future looks like for VR, and I think if the next couple of years go the way that it's looking like they're going to as we head into another major recession, global recession. I wonder what VR looks like on the other end of it. You know, it's like, is this generation where VR really takes off or is this the generation where people decide enough investment is enough? And maybe it's neither. And I am being too 
catastrophic and that these companies know that they're going to lose billions with the promise that one day they'll make trillions. That happens, but I don't know, man, right? Like I, I'm reminded of, you know, 2020 when stuff started getting lean and all these companies that had invested in esports just laid entire departments off. We're like, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. We're getting out of the business. The business, it didn't grow the way we thought it would, right? Events are not growing the way that we thought they would. So we're done now. That line has to come sooner or later unless it breaks. Unless, okay, now VR is it. Now VR is the thing and everybody is, is there. And I think that's the thing. I think people are like Facebook were were betting everything on it because they yeah. they missed out on owning a platform. They didn't own a platform like um, iOS or Android or Windows, and they want something like that. They want a piece of the pie. Yep. And they were even they were even trying to replace Android as the operating system on their Quest devices, and then scrapped that project because it was it was too expensive and yeah presumably too difficult and pointless. So they they now just are basically Android phones strapped to your face. I, I'm surprised that Google's not in the space. It feels like it's ripe for them, like but getting again, there like they, they and do a, a VR version there. of Android. They did, they did the AR glasses and it didn't quite pan out. And I wonder if that's made them gun shy, you know? That was so, so, so long ago. Like I really feel like they could... They could come back and they could build something they and could. do something interesting. You know, remember, remember the first Google Cardboard? It was that's like the, what kickstarted everything. That's the problem everything. with these giant companies, though. You know, is like, yeah, you could do it, but it's like, is it worth it? Is it worth? Like, it's like Google invested all that money in Stadia, and then where did it go? Nowhere, because they were like, it's <laughs> yeah, not. It's yeah, not that's worth a good it. point. I don't have faith it's, on that. In it's them not doing worth the level of investment for the return. You know, we bring this mm -hmm. up all the time. It, it goes back to that article or the chapter in, I want to say, Jason's second book, Press Reset, which is about uh, the studio that made Epic Mickey and how Disney <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eventually was like, fuck it. Like, yeah, like uh, Disney Infinity is making money, but it's not making enough money for us to run this whole studio and have all these people hired. To they be weren't even running it when they weren't. Wasn't that Toys for Bob that was doing Disney Infinity? Honestly, it was just No, crazy. they were Skylanders. Was toys for Bob. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, but, right. but that's the thing. It's they they had a successful product, but they were like, eh, return on investment's not there. It's not worth it. We don't want to stay in this industry. the The margins aren't right. I mean, like, I mean, fair enough. When you make an absolute bank over on the parks, yeah, you know, exactly, and all these other printing places. money, and, and that's the thing. I think with Apple, where like you could be right, and they could be like, "This is the next iPhone," and we're planting our flag right now. And if it takes five iterations of this thing, and we got to piss away a trillion dollars over the course of the next decade, but then we own this market in the way that we own the the tablet space, and yeah. There's some pretenders, but like nobody has a viable alternative to the iPad. It's the best tablet on the market by a country fucking mile. And maybe that's how they look at it. But I could also see five years from now, the recession hits hard. People don't show up and buy this overpriced device. They make a cheaper one. People don't show up and buy that, but they're still buying iPhones. They're still buying iPads. They're still buying computers and laptops and all these and watches and all these other SKUs. It's like, all right. I mean, at what point do you say enough's enough? At what point have you do you say experiment failed? Yeah. 
No, you're right. I mean, I'm looking at the data on the uh, the market share of tablets in the US. Apple owns 57% of the market. And exactly. Everyone else and who is else like is a in tiny that space? little percentage. Who else is in that space? Uh, Samsung Steve? and Amazon are uh-huh. really the only other two, really. And guess what? Those are two of the biggest tech companies in the world. And that is, and Samsung is the biggest producer of smartphones in the world. <laughs> and they, and they, can't, and they can't keep up in this market. And, and, and in a market, mind you, where the product is proven, people know tablets are cool and useful and good, but nobody can make one that's a viable, cheaper alternative or that is as feature rich as the iPad. Yeah, and I, I know loads of people that have the Amazon tablets and they just give them to their kids to watch Peppa uh-huh. Pig on to keep them occupied. And if they smash it or they break it, it's not the end of the world because it costs them like 30 quid. Yeah. And that's the best the one they have is like Amazon 70 occupied. bucks. <laughs> You know, it's like it's not. It's that's totally different leagues. The the current iPad Pro you could use as a laptop. You know, like those are not the same device. They're not analogous. And I think that's what we're looking at here, right? Like the budget entry point of VR is not comparable to what they're trying to make here. And I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's enough. But it's interesting because this being the first headset we've seen that seems like from the rip, it has a less of a focus on video games. I wonder if that hurts it because gamers are happy to adopt technology early and spend too much money on it. You've I been don't doing know, it because for 10 years see... with VR now almost, right? Yeah, but I, I kind of think maybe it's the right angle to go in at because did you see this week that NVIDIA crossed the threshold and now in that trillion dollar camp with all the other companies in terms of market cap? Oh, I didn't see that. That's interesting. Yeah, but it's not because of gaming. You look at their balance sheet, it's because of research, it's because of crypto it's because of all of the other spaces that gpus are, are now used in uh and it's because it's because of that and not because of gaming that they they were able to to enter in that space and uh, and they figured out it was back in 2012 jensen said that it was we figured out that we can make more money if we weren't just marketing to gamers because there's yep. only so many gamers on the planet but exactly. everyone needs a computing device and that's why apple is not marketing this to gamers they're marketing it to everyone else Right. And like, yeah, oh, you can mm-hmm. play games on it. It's got Xbox. There's a PlayStation controller here, right here in the trailer. There's games on it, but it's also TV. It's also this. It's also that. That's how you're going to expand the VR market. Right. And I mean, they're, they're, they're putting their money where their mouth is. So we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting one. But anyway, yeah, uh, sure. I am interested in hearing what you, the folks at home, think. I know we have a lot of VR users in the in the audience, and a lot of folks had had comments and thoughts in the Discord. So, um, hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. I know it was a little m- more general tech centric than we usually get, but um, I know Steve and I were excited to talk about it and and dive in deep. So, I'm interested to hear what you, the listeners, think, and uh, whether you want to see more of this kind of episode moving forward. Um, definitely let us know because you know, we, we, you know, you know us, we'll talk about anything till the cows come home, baby. So, uh, you want it, we'll talk about it. All right. So remember, there's a bunch of ways you can write in flipscreen.games. That's the website. Come join us on the discord. Keep the conversation rolling between episodes, right into the show and get your thoughts right on the air. Go to the Patreon and become a Patreon supporter. Go and check out all of our sister shows. Get ready for our summer games fest G3 coverage this and next week. We got a lot going on right now in the world of flip screen games. It's been a good time. Uh, for us as hosts it's a good time for you the listeners i hope you're enjoying it and uh, i hope 
you're ready to enjoy the Summer Games Fest because you know your boy sure is. I'm all about that Xbox presentation next week. So, uh, or no. Yeah. No, yeah, Sunday. So it's this week. It's this week. So get yeah, on uh, that's the one I'm most excited about because of the the whole, it's all going to be gameplay. And no, yeah. No, no Although CG. I kind of want some CG trailers. I feel like that's what I need right now, but not from Xbox, I guess. So. <laughs> We'll I mean, we, we did out. that whole episode of we've got all of these Xbox games we know nothing about. So I'm ready to see gameplay for all of them because all we've seen on them is CG. Fucking avowed so gameplay, please. Here's here's the last thing I'll tell you, and then we're really gonna we're really gonna we're gonna roll out here. Uh, Andy Robinson from VGC Chronicles uh, said that he's heard that uh, what's the name of the game? Ever Everwild is the rare game in development. He heard that it's more like Viva Pinata than a survival game. So that just became, that's the number one thing I want to see in the presentation, everybody. Let's go. Give me that Viva Pinata uh, sequel. You know, come on, spiritual successor. Let's ride. <laughs> anyway. Hey, that's, yeah, that's mental. We got a lot to talk about in the weeks ahead. You know, we're excited about it. Keep it tuned here. Keep it, keep it hanging with us here at Flip Screen Games. Your boys, Pete and Steve, are happy to uh, shepherd you through this summer games fest. So make sure you're right into the show before next week. Make sure you go tune into the, all, the, all the other shows. We got some good content uh, planned for you, and we're very much looking forward to it. So thank you for joining us here on another episode of Flip Screen Games Podcast. For the crew, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We'll see you next week. No, we'll see you later this week. Actually, yeah, no, we'll, we'll see, see you, you in like two Thursday. days. Well, yeah, we'll see you on Thursday. <laughs> later. <laughs> Bye, babies. <laughs>